Welcome to the Factory Youth Podcast. This is a weekly teaching podcast from the Factory Youth at Calvary Chapel, Vera Beach. Hey, if you have a Bible, um, let's go to two places. Mark chapter 3 and John chapter 1. Um, and if you have uh, the Bible app, you can click the events. I've got lots of, I've been uh, trying in the events uh, page on the Bible app with our notes, giving extra notes in there um, for this series, because I think there's a lot of good information that we want to be able to see. Um, so if you have the Bible app, you can go there as well. Um, or if you have a notebook or a physical Bible, you're amazing. You can open that up to Mark 3 and John 1. Um, and we're in a series called The Way. Somebody say The Way. The way. And uh, we're learning uh, how we are disciples to Jesus, that Jesus invited or called people to follow him. They were called disciples. Later on, we kind of called them apostles, the original 12. But the invitation to discipleship to Jesus um, is one for all of us. Now, discipleship, other than church, we don't use it uh, that word very often. Another good word to describe what we're talking about is apprenticeship. So apprenticeship to Jesus, this is basically to be with him. This is our threefold uh, step. We'll have it on the screen. It is to be with him, to learn from him, and to live like him. That's kind of what we're talking about. We're learning how to be with Jesus. We're learning how to learn from Jesus and then ultimately live like Jesus. And this, uh, this sort of three-step process, I like to say it, that it is both simultaneous and circular. What I mean by that is these three things happen simultaneously all at once where we're with Jesus, we're learning from him, and we're living like him. It's not like it's, okay, you've passed the test, you move on to part two. It's both, uh, so simultaneous, this is all happening in our apprenticeship to Jesus, and it's circular, meaning it's repetitive. We do it over and over again. So it's not like this three-step, okay, be with, learn from, live like, check all three off the box, you're graduated, you're a perfect Christian. But this, this is both simultaneous and circular as we walk with Jesus for our life. Being with Jesus, learning from Jesus, and living life. And the last few weeks, we've been talking about just the first part, being with Jesus. And we talked about why Jesus. Um, we talked about how to be with someone we can't be with. Um, and then last week, we talked about the lost art of the way. We talked about Sabbath and rest. Tonight, we're going to transition into learning from Jesus or becoming like Jesus. Learning from Jesus or becoming like Jesus. Mark chapter 3, verse 13. This has been sort of our anchor verses for this series. It says this. You guys with me? All right. Mark 3, verse 13 says, Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. And he appointed 12 that they, this is why he called them, to be with him, that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Jesus desires for us to be with him, but also to learn from him while we are with him so we can go out and teach and do. That's the idea. Jesus called them to be with him so that they can learn from him so that he could send them out to teach and to do. And this is sort of part two that we're talking about. It is to learn from Jesus or to learn who you are in Jesus. That's kind of what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about learning from Jesus, but more specifically, learning who you are in Jesus. And I've titled this message, Becoming the New Slash True You. Becoming the New 
slash true ew. Wish I could have more ooh sounds in that title, but that's all I got. All right, this is, this is sort of the, the summary um, of the teaching. It's on the screen. Becoming like Jesus doesn't mean you become Jesus. It means becoming the you that Jesus created you to be. Okay, so becoming like Jesus doesn't mean becoming Jesus. In other words, you're not going to wake up one day and be an ancient rabbi from Nazareth. You are going to be you, but you're going to be the you that Jesus created you to be. Transformed more into the image of Jesus. Christ being formed in you. And so when we talk about learning who you are in Christ or becoming more like Jesus, we are talking about becoming the you that God created you to be. In other words, everyone is created uniquely and carefully, and you are designed to be different. But that doesn't mean we stay the way we are. To become like Jesus means we must be changed and transformed. And this happens by being with him and learning from him. So... The big question for tonight is how do we learn who we are in Jesus? How do you become more like him? Right? This is the, this is the idea. So we've talked about being with him, praying and scripture and, and community and Sabbath and all the things that we do to be with Jesus. And as you're with him, he's going to reveal things to you about himself and he's going to reveal things to you about yourself. Right, so you open up God's word, and in God's word, it speaks of the character and the nature and the plans of God. And as you read that, and as you look at it, and you look at your own life, you realize that oftentimes the things of God, or the ways of God, or the character of God don't match our character. Right? You ever had that happen? Where like you're reading the Bible, or you're sitting in a sermon, and they're talking about something, and you're like, that's not me. Right? And, and maybe there's a conviction, maybe there's something like, ugh, like irritating inside you a little bit that's maybe stirring you to change stirring you to forgive or stirring you to accept something or stirring you to start something and so what happens is God speaks to you and as you listen to him as you listen to his Holy Spirit in you you begin to be transformed into Jesus and so as we're with him we we learn about him and then he transforms us into his image so Practically, then, how do we become more like him or how do we know who we are in him? First point, you got to know who you are becoming. Know who you are becoming. Because we're all becoming something. We're all becoming something. Who we are becoming is influenced or created by really the stories that we believe, who we're surrounded by, and the habits that we have. Okay, so who you're becoming is, is, is caused or created by the narrative that we believe, the story that we believe, so what we think about, who we're surrounded by, and the habits that you have, right? So the habits that you have lead you to a destination, right? So if your habit is junk food, sleeping in, not doing anything, there is a destination, right? We could all probably imagine what that looks like. The habit of getting up early, stretching, eating right, going to the gym, like that has a destination as well, correct? The, the habit of slacking off in school, not studying, and just winging it has a destination. The habit of 
homework, studying, no social life has a destination. You know what I'm saying? And so the, the, the things that we do ultimately leads to who we become. And we're being shaped and formed by these things. And this can happen unintentionally. When we don't pay attention or have a focus, we simply slip into unintentional becoming. When we don't pay attention, when we don't have a focus, we slip into unintentional, unintentional becoming that is driven by what we believe, who we're surrounded by, and the habits that we have. Following me? Um, when I was 18 years old, I quit my job at the Ocean Grill, shout at the Ocean Grill, um, and I got a job at Starbucks, okay, the Starbucks on uh, 12th Street over here by uh, the Publix, you know what I'm talking about? All right, so 18 years old, got my job at, maybe I was, no, I had to be 18, so 18, and um, started at Starbucks, it's fine, the only thing was I hated coffee, I didn't even like the smell of coffee when I was 18, didn't drink it, didn't like it at all. So I started working at Starbucks, and one of the things, uh, well, two things. One, they, they made you um, try all the coffee, and I worked the night shift, like 5 to 10 p.m., and for whatever reason, I couldn't figure it out. For the first two weeks of working there, I couldn't sleep. And I, I literally was, like, telling my parents, like, I, I don't know what's going on. I can't sleep. And then I realized, like, oh, that's because I am having to try coffee. Like, at 6 or 7 and 8 p.m., I'm tasting coffee, and I don't drink coffee, and then I'm up all night long. I'm like, what's wrong with me? Anyway, so um, I didn't like coffee. I'm working at Starbucks. Well, I, I realized I can get a bunch of free drinks um, while I worked there. And my manager was super cool. And I gave, I gave out way too many free drinks. Like every person that like, looked at me nicely, I'm like, free drink. There's no rules. There are rules, but I didn't listen. Anyways, um, but I could get free drinks. And I found that the, the thing that I liked while I worked there um, was white hot chocolate. So it was like hot chocolate, but it's the white mocha. Um, no coffee in it at all, but I loved it. I'm like, this is my drink. Well, after a little bit of time, somebody's like, you should try um, the white mocha. It's basically the same thing, but it's got a little bit of coffee in it. I'm like, all right, we'll do that. That sounds good. So I try it. I'm like, this isn't bad. Covered with sugar and milk, you can't really taste the coffee. Well, over time, unintentionally, ultimately I married Hannah. I told Hannah when we first got married, she's like a coffee fanatic addict, I guess I should say, um, and I called myself like a casual coffee drinker. I'm like, it's, when it's convenient, whatever, I'll drink it. Um, well, from her influence and me really unintentionally not paying attention, I went from drinking sugary white chocolate mocha to now I would call myself a coffee addict. I'd go as far as saying I'm a bit of a coffee snob. In fact, I brought with you to show you my morning coffee routine, what I use. So I uh, use what is called a V60 pour-over, um, and I have my freshly roasted beans that are sent to me every other week. Um, they're roasted and shipped, because the sooner they are from the roast date, the fresher they are. And I get them unground, because I have to grind them myself, so they're fresh, okay? I've got my, how am I going to get these out? All right, I've got my, this is my V60 pour-over, and then I have my kettle, Notice the gooseneck kettle, so it gets the proper pour. And then I have my uh, scale. And the scale is used to measure the grams of coffee. And then I grind the coffee. And then I put this on my scale, my V60. And then I measure out how much water I pour. And there's a very, it's a delicate art. 
how you pour it. So you go counterclockwise, you pour for 50 grams, you let it bloom for about a minute, and then you pour another 150 grams heavy in the middle, okay? Then you let it go for about another 45 seconds, then another 100 grams in the middle heavy, so we're at 250 now, and then the last 100 grams is a nice uh, slow pour to get all of the grounds into the center, and then you get about uh, 12 ounces of coffee, or a cup of coffee. So that's basically my morning routine. The reason I'm bringing that up is because it was an unintentional becoming. My plan was not to be that guy. <laughs> Let me tell you, I didn't wake up one morning and say, do you know what? I'm going to be that guy. What started with a white hot chocolate led me to a white mocha, which led me to, we'll try it without the mocha, which led me to subscribe to a coffee subscription where I get my coffee every other week roasted and shipped to me unground so I can grind it myself. Like that's, that's the unintentional becoming. And the reason I say all that is because we're all unintentionally becoming something. And what we don't realize is if we're not intentional and if we don't set our focus, we might unintentionally become something we don't want to become. And so what we have to do is sort of second thought, we, also, we have to have an intentional becoming. And when our minds are set and our actions are set in a direction, we will willfully become something. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says it like this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. In other words, don't unintentionally become like the world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Allow God to transform you by the decisions that we make, the practices that we keep, and the faith that we hold. And in order to become like Jesus, we need to look at our lives and see who are we becoming. Is your life, are the decisions, actions, relationships, habits that you keep, are they unintentionally or intentionally bringing you somewhere? And is the destination of where they're bringing you more like Jesus? Or simply more like the people you're around or what you're unintentionally becoming. Does that make sense? And so you need to decide, okay, who am I becoming? Look, go home, analyze your life, look at your life and say, what is, where is this habits, lifestyles, relationships, choices, direction, where is it leading me? Am I becoming more like Christ or am I becoming something that I'm going to be disappointed with when I get there? And you can tell simply by the decisions, habits, and relationships in your life. Okay, second thought is this. you got to know who you aren't. Aren't is a weird word. Know who you are not. Know who you aren't. Everyone say aren't. Okay. Um, there's an interesting story about John the Baptist. This is in John chapter 1. I told you to turn there. This is the time where I will read that portion of Scripture. John 1 verse 19 it says this. Now, this was John's testimony. Now, this is John the Baptist, okay? Uh, when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely. Ready? Listen. Here's his first confession. I am not the Messiah. Then they asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. 
They said, are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, quote, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. Notice that John the Baptist understood who he wasn't. Okay? He recognized, I am not the Messiah. I am not the Savior. That's not me. He said, I'm not Elijah. That's not me. I'm not a prophet. That's not me. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the paths. John recognized who he wasn't. When it comes to your calling, when it comes to becoming, or or when it comes to uh, knowing who you are in Christ or learning who you are in Christ, it is important to know who you aren't. I need to understand that I'm not Shane. I need to understand that I'm not Pastor Pete. I need to understand that I'm not the pastors that I follow on Instagram. It's not me. Their ministry is not mine. I'm not them. I need to recognize I'm Nate. I live in Vero. This is my ministry. This is where God has me. This is where I'm planted, and this is what's in front of me. And it's important for every individual to recognize who they're not. Can I tell you, you are not the person sitting next to you. You are not your parents. You are not your friends at school. You are not the pretty person or the, the, the swole person you follow on Instagram. You're not them. You're you. You look like you. You talk like you. You're you. And it's important for us as individuals to come to a place where we recognize I'm not them and I'm okay with that. So often we live our life either wishing we were somebody else or believing that if we could be someone else, then we'd be happy. Let me tell you, you're you, and God made you you exactly the way you're made for a reason. And you're not them. You'll never be them. And so it's important for you, like John, to be like, that's not me. Who am I? Well, this is who I am. I'm simply a guy out here that's making, in other words, what he's saying is I'm preparing the way for the Messiah to show up. I know my role. It's not his role because his role will be fulfilled by him. I know my role. It's important for you to understand who you are because, listen, comparison will kill your calling. Comparing your life to other people will kill what God wants to do in you. And so being comfortable with who you aren't allows you to walk into who you are. All right, point number three. You got to know who you aren't, but you also got to know who you are. (laughs) You got to know who you are. Now, how then do we figure out who Jesus made us to be? Now, we do it primarily simply by being with Jesus and listening to him. Okay, so it all goes back to part one of the series, or the first three parts of the series, learning to be with Jesus. How do we be with someone we can't be with? He's not here. How do we be with him? How do we learn to sit in his presence and read his word and pray and, and, and talk to him and listen to when he speaks? 
How do we do those things? How do we be with him? And as you're with him, you will learn more about him and you'll learn more about you. And so it's going to fall back to that. And if you haven't already began a practice of being with Jesus, you need to start doing that. Start a Bible reading plan, right? Read God's word. Get up a little bit extra early, read the verse of the day, and ask God to speak to you from it. Or on your bus ride, or while you're in between classes, or on your lunch break, whatever it is. Actually, I sent this to a group of people uh, just this week. There's an app called Abide, Abide app. Um, and you can do the free version. There's also, you can subscribe to it. But it basically will lead you in a two or three minute prayer and thought um, just to set your mind on God. I've been doing it in the morning. It's awesome. Two minutes and it's got like trickling, like trickling waterfall sounds. It's beautiful. It's like a really pleasing voice and he just, he or she just says God's word and helps you just focus on the things of God. Abide, okay? There, there's my shameless plug. Maybe they'll sponsor me. Um, learn to be with Jesus. But there's a couple ways that this can sort of, how we can figure out, okay, God, who have you made me to be? Who am I? I know I'm not them, so who have you made me to be? Okay, first thing um, is belonging. What I mean by that is you got to know Jesus. More specifically, you need to know who you are in Jesus, we live in a culture that is quick to label people, and it often undervalues people. Often, identity is given based upon interests, ability, sexuality, job, or nationality. That's basically identity, right? Where are you from? What do you like to do? What are your interests? And that's now your identity. And that's not how God places value. So we must know our identity in Christ. Um, here are 24 things about your identity. Ready? I'm going to put them up on the screen, and I'm going to read them as fast as I can. I wasn't going to read them all, but I'm going to read them all. <clears throat> I'm going to change it to, should I say you or I? I'll say you. I'm talking to you guys. Or should I say I? Okay. This is who you are, okay? You are the salt and light of the earth. You've been given a spirit of power, love, self-control, not a fear. You can find grace and mercy in time of need. You are hidden with Christ and God. You are complete in Christ. You've been redeemed and forgiven of all your sins. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are a citizen of heaven. You know that God will complete the good work he started in you. You may approach God with freedom and confidence. You are God's workmanship. You have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. You've been adopted as God's child. You're a saint. You're a minister of reconcil reconciliation for God. You're a new creation. You've been established, anointed, and sealed by God. You're a member of Christ's body. You've been bought at a price. You're God's temple. You're God's co-worker. You cannot be separated from the love of God. You have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit, and you are Christ's friend. It is important that you know who Christ says about you and allow that to be your identity. You got to know Christ and you got to know what he says about you. But then, secondly, you got to know yourself. You have to know yourself. In other words, what do you feel God has uniquely created you to do? And how can be, uh, how can 
my sentence doesn't make any sense. How can you, by being with him and becoming like him, shape what he's created you to be and do? What do you feel God has uniquely created you to do? Think about that. Think about that tonight when you lay in bed. Think about, okay, what has God created me uniquely to both be and do? And there's some things like that list, we, like I, I said, I don't know, take a photo of that or it's in the notes, you can save it. Um, knowing what God has said about you, how does that shape then, okay, what do I feel like God has called me to do? But then that happens, belonging, but then that happens secondly through what I would call discovery. If we don't know ourselves or if we don't have a sense of what God created us to do, we have to discover what it is. That's part of life in relationship with God, is discovering who God created you to be. Because many of us, we don't know, right? We like hear that and we're like, we got to know who we are. And you're like, I don't know who I am. I don't know why I was created. I don't know what God has for me. I don't know what he's doing in my life now. And I definitely don't see what it's going to be like 5, 10, 15 years from now. So how do I know? Well, that's part of the journey of walking with God. It's discovering who you are in him. It's discovering what he's created you to do. And let me tell you, it's not a position. It's not a location. It's simply to be with him, to bring him glory, and to bless people around you. If you had to boil it down, the Bible says that you were created um, as his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. The good works are designed to bring attention to God and bless the people around you. So it's not a position. It is to bring attention to God and bless the people around you. And when, you're, when your soul or when your life can find its place doing that thing, you'll find like, okay, I found it. This is why God created me. But it's the discovery. And so if you don't know, how do we discover it? Three simple ways. You pray. You ask God, God, what have you created me to be? You read scripture. You look in God's word. Okay, what does my, how do my desires and my ambitions and my dreams fit in the context of God's word? And third, I would say ask a mentor. Ask somebody. Hey, I feel like God has created me to do this. What do you think? So you got to discover it. And then finally, when, when knowing yourself or knowing who God's made you to be, you have to step out. What I mean by that is when finding who you are in Christ, you must be willing to take steps of faith into what God might have for you. So look at your life and what are ways you can take steps of faith into what God wants to do in and through your life. Look at your life and say, okay, I'm not sure what God's created me to do. I'm not sure what God's created me to be. But I have a sense that maybe it's this and so I'm going to take a step and see. And a couple of things will happen. You'll fail miserably, but God will be with you. Because you can't, if you take a step of faith, it is never in the wrong direction. And so you take that step of faith, even if it's not ultimately to where God's taking you, it's never a wrong step. So you'll either fail and God will be with you, or God will open a door and you'll think, maybe this is what God's wanting me to do. And then you take another step of faith. So you try. So you think about ways. What are ways I can take steps of faith 
into what God wants to do in, through, in and through your life. Okay, worship team, you can come back up here. I'm closing. As we're with Jesus, we become more like Jesus. It's, it's simple proximity, right? It's, it's simply like you become like who you hang out with, right? And so as we're with Jesus, we become more like Jesus. Our wants, desires, actions, reactions, emotions all begin to look more like Jesus. But listen, the goal is not just to make us robotically like Jesus. Like the goal is not command C, command V, if you have an apple. It's probably control C. Is it control V? Control, alt, delete. The computer just explodes. It's over. The, the goal is, because if that were the goal, the God would have just done that, right? If the goal was just to make a ton of Jesus, he would have just been like, command C, command V, 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 and just been done with it. He created you. But the, the us as we are, the Bible says that we're born in sin. The us as we are is incomplete, broken, messed up, anxious, overwhelmed, kind of useless, the us as we are. And so what God's goal is, is for Christ to be formed in us so that we can become more like him, so that we can become useful to his kingdom and we can be beneficial to the people around us and that we can enter into the life and the experience and the love that God has for us. The goal is becoming more like Jesus so that we can become the people that Jesus created us to be. And so allow God to transform you day by day by being with him and learning from him. Let me encourage you, if you, missed, if you got nothing from this message, get this. God created you, he loves you, and he has a plan for you. And the way you discover that is by being with him. The way you discover that is by allowing your life to be transformed by who he is and what he's doing in your life. And maybe for some of you, you need, to, you need to allow that transformation to start now. Maybe there's stuff in your life that you know full well is not pleasing to God. Maybe there's some secret sin that you're holding on to. There's a relationship that you know isn't helpful for you. There's something in your life. And even right now, you're, it's like, I don't even have to talk much about it. Your mind just goes there. Like, yep, I know what it is. Okay, maybe that's the thing that God right now wants to release you from and transform you out of. So surrender it to him. Lay it down at his feet. God, say, God, I don't want this anymore. Help me to become more like you. And then... Do you believe God's word? What are the habits in your life? Who are the people you're surrounded with? That's going to either help shape Christ in you, or it's going to help shape them in you. So allow God to transform your life. Become the people. And listen, when you become the people God created you to be, you, become the, you find the life God created you to live in. That's what we're all looking for. We're all looking for peace. We're all looking for hope. We're all looking for, for, for confidence. And following Jesus, it's not always easy. It's not always perfect. We don't always get it right. 
but we do find peace, we find rest, we find confidence in who Jesus is and who he says about us.